welcome to another chapter of Family Fiction's Christian Fiction Bookshelf Podcast, where we give you a deeper look into your favorite Christian authors and the inspirations, research, and methodology that goes into writing the books you love to read. Here's your host, Jamie Vaughn. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Vaughn with Family Fiction's Christian Fiction Bookshelf Podcast. Today's Christian Fiction Bookshelf Podcast is brought to you by Ravel, and our guest today is Melody Carlson with her newest book, called A Quilt for Christmas. Hi, Melody. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. Thanks. Good. Um, tell me about this book. I want to hear all about it. Well, um, it it starts out with a woman who's just relocated her whole life to be near her daughter. She's kind of an empty nester person and had a big house. And her daughter and the grandchildren were in a town a ways away. So she sells her house and she moves to be near her daughter. And then her daughter and her husband get relocated in their jobs and they take the grandchildren and they move away. <laughs> so, so Vera's stuck there in this little condo by herself and it's Christmas time and she's feeling a little blue. And she used to be that person who decorated, you know, just, you know, from top to bottom Christmas everywhere. And now she just doesn't really know what to do with herself. And she gets a little knock on the door and there's a little girl next to her neighbor girl that she hasn't met them. And the girl needs help because her mom is sick. And so Vera gets pulled into this whole drama that kind of turns out to be a good thing because um, Vera is a quilter and she's a very good quilter. And this little girl's mom wants a quilt. And so in the course of kind of helping this family, they pull together this ragtag group of quilter women that she's never even met before. And some of them know how to sew and some don't. And the little girl, Fiona kind of is the driving force and gets uh -huh. it all going. But it's just kind of a fun story of a lot of people. There's a little bit of romance and a little bit of grace and forgiveness and a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. So you said that there's a ragtag group of quilters. Can you tell me a little bit about them? Yeah. Um, they're, they're people that didn't know each other at all before they get pulled together by Vera and Fiona. Um, one, Tasha, she's a, she works in her aunt's florist shop and she's kind of, kind of a displaced person too. Doesn't really know what she wants to do with her life. She's been knocked around a little bit. Um, she's an artist at heart and just kind of marches to a different drum, younger person. And then and there's, um, gosh, I can't remember her name now. I'm, I'm not going to get all the names, but um, one, one is, um, just this happy-go-lucky, loves to cook, just this cheerful chatterbox soul mm -hmm. who wants to help everybody and sometimes kind of puts her foot in the mouth and gets in the way, but she's a sweet person. And then there's Eleanor, who's kind of this old grump. I mean, as far as you can tell, and she used to be a counselor therapist, which they all think she needs a therapist, <laughs> but she's got her own story and she's been widowed and there's more to it than that. Mm -hmm. And we kind of get down to that at the towards the end of the book little fiona kind of gets to the bottom of things mm -hmm. so yeah that's the group do you have a favorite character um you know probably be between vera and tasha i think i can relate to bits of, of both of them and um but i like them all of course probably really it's fiona the little four-year-old going on 34 year old you know who is just this really perceptive child that you know that some people think don't exist, but I'm not a few. And they're just those kids that see into people and ask those kind of questions. And they have that child frankness that, you know, surpasses adult sensibilities. Yeah. Yeah. I've met a few of those. I have a niece that is very much one of those. And so um, do you, what are the underlying themes of the book? 
probably grace is a, is a big one because it's easy. Even as I was writing, um, like Eleanor's character, I just liked her. Yeah. <laughs> I, the way I write, I don't I always know exactly why somebody is the way that they are kind of unravels and mm-hmm. pieces it together, kind of like making a quilt. And, um, by the end of it, I really loved Eleanor and, and she ends up being very gracious in the end after Fiona kind of breaks her into her world and um it's really sweet but um yeah there's a lot of grace and second chances and helping and Mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of a good old christmas story (laughs) well we love those so you said that you don't know um your characters fully when you're writing until you know you get it all fleshed out so writing process question here do you map out your whole story in characters or you just kind of let it come i let it come i'm um seat of the pants and just and to me is that's the fun it's exploring it and you know sometimes I'll go back and change things because of the way that it goes towards the end or or a lot of times I'll go back and I'll see the clues were already there but I kind of just overlooked them and it all works out you know together so it's it's like I need to know a person you know yeah. you, you misjudge them and then you peel back some layers and find out there's more there Love that. Um, so now you are known for your romance novels. Why do you like writing that genre? Well, yeah, and I don't know that I'm really known for my romance novels because I've okay. done a whole lot of things. But, um, and I know I won some awards and a career achievement award. But when I won my first Rita award, I was told right off the bat by another writer that I didn't know how to write a romance novel. So I, when somebody says I write romance novels, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I write a love story. And it's a little bit different than a romance novel because it's it's it, there's a lot of different elements in a love story. And a romance novel tends to, you have expectations of things to go certain ways. And my stories don't really necessarily do that. <laughs> well, if you won an award for it, your response should have been, well, the the readers think differently and then hold it up. <laughs> yeah. And I think maybe that's, is changed to what somebody calls a romance novels. There's a lot of different kinds. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so when did you start writing Christmas novellas? Oh, it's been over 20 years. Um, I've, I've done more than 20 Christmas novellas. Yeah. When I did the first one, people didn't even really hardly know what a Christmas novella was back then. And they didn't even really know where to put it in the bookstore, you know, and, and the good thing about that was like stores like Barnes and Noble would actually put it out on the Christmas table where not always, you know, other books would get to go, but uh, now there's a lot of Christmas novellas out there. So it's become kind of a, a real genre. Yeah. So what do you want people to take away from this story? Oh, I want them to feel encouraged, hopeful. Um, I want them to be thinking about their neighbors and maybe people in their lives that are like an Eleanor or, or mm-hmm. a Tasha or somebody that they maybe need to get to know a little bit better. And and also, I, I like for people to remember that there's a loneliness at Christmas time, you know, and it's it's a it's a time to you know even if you're feeling lonely to reach out and mm-hmm. you know it makes a difference. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially this book because it is about friendship and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So what's next for you? Well, right now I am scripting next year's Christmas novella, which I'd already written and we sold it to someone who has a production company in South Africa. Okay. <laughs> so 
I'm having to change it to kind of fit South Africa, which is really an interesting challenge, but I'm, I'm enjoying it because the book was, is really set kind of in um, not Eastern Europe, but between Western and Eastern Europe, a fictional place. I'm, that's all I'm going to tell you. Island off of the um, East coast of South Africa and the Indian ocean, <laughs> quite a change. I have been to South Africa and when I was there, we would drive along the interstate and there would be like a huge pirate ship that was built on the side of the road. And it was a movie set and, or you would have um, it, just all kinds of crazy things built. And they're like, Oh, that's a movie set. That's a movie set. That's a movie set. And lots of movies now, especially in the faith-based world are built there or, or done there because it's cost effective and it's absolutely gorgeous. So if you're able to well, go and see it while it's being filmed, do it. I highly recommend it. Well, I hadn't really considered that. I've gone to the sets of my other movies, um, mm -hmm. but that would be a ways to go. And knowing that they already have pirate ships and things, maybe they'll use some of those in my story because it <laughs> involves an island. Okay, there you go. There you go. I'll send you pictures so you can see if I can find it. So cool. Um, Melody, thank you so much for taking time out today to talk to us. And everyone... If go and pick up the book, A Quilt for Christmas. It's available now wherever you buy your your, your books. Um, support local if you can. Um, if not, wherever you get your books. But we would love for you to support Melody and her latest Christmas novella. If you like this chapter of the Christian Fiction Bookshelf Podcast, make sure to hit subscribe below. And I'm Jamie Vaughn. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Family Fiction's Christian Fiction Bookshelf Podcast. Stay up to date on all things Christian fiction at familyfiction.com. Christian Fiction Bookshelf is produced by Ross Kluver, hosted by Jamie Vaughn, and edited by Brandon Woolham. Subscribe today wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll never miss a chapter.